welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast, a bi-weekly look at the latest updates from HubSpot and practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. This week, I'm taking over for your usual host, Matt. I'm SJ Hood, content specialist here at Clients First. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Sean Reed, customer success manager at HubSpot and longtime mental health advocate. We will be discussing mental health in the workplace, mindfulness, and what we can all be doing to remove the harmful stigma placed against mental health concerns. Welcome, Sean. How are you doing today? I'm good, SJ. Thanks so much for having me on board. Excited to talk about this. Excellent. So I'm just going to start kicking things off. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about your journey so far, both with your own understanding of mental health and how you entered the world of training for mindfulness and speaking on behalf of mental health? Yeah. Um, So my journey started roughly 18 years ago uh, with my own diagnosis of bipolar disorder. So when I got diagnosed, there was a lot of focus on the mental illness side of things of mental health. And I found that when I talked to people about mental illness and what I was going through, the immediate thing was to go to depression and say, oh, mental health is you're depressed or how are you combating depression? And I did a lot of time of explaining to folks that, well, yes, depression can be there, but mental illnesses are vast and there's a lot that goes in with them. And if we just view it as depression, then we're missing the point and we're missing how you treat a mental illness or how you can get support because it's like saying I have the flu and treating me for a broken arm. They're both two very, very different things and need different help, different support. But then that also got me thinking about our mental health because while mental illness is something that affects one in four of us in our lifetime, 100% of us have mental health just like we do have physical health. So when I started thinking about that, I went, well, why do we have this stigma against mental health then if we all have it? And surely this is the thing that's stopping us from really taking our mental health seriously. So I started talking more and I started doing more research and seeing what we can do to help out on mental health. Um, That's why I made the clear distinction of being able to go, you know what, mental illness is something that the professionals can 100% go into and say, hey, if you're showing the signs of depression or anxiety disorders or mood disorders or whatever it may be, that's what a doctor is there for. That's what your GP is there for. But if you are struggling with your mental health, that's something that you can control 24-7. That's something that you can take a hold of and you can make your responsibility to look after, just like your physical health. So that's what got me so passionate to talking about it and researching it and getting to the stage now where I'm doing different talks, but with events and inside of businesses, as well as running what we call mindfulness training to help you understand what you can do in your day to day to help support your mental health. I think that's a really interesting distinction um, between mental illness and mental health. And I think you're right. It doesn't get talked about that way Um, as someone who has similarly struggled in the past, it can be really tricky bringing that conversation up when you're trying to talk about illness. But if you're talking about mental health, you're right. Everybody has that. I think that's a conversation I will be excited to bring forward. 
And I, I, to be honest with you, that's always the kind of the mic drop moment when I do these kind of talks, <laughs> I guess, because the amount of people who share enough to say that and go, my gosh, you're right. Like all of us have those moments where we feel stressed. All of us have those moments where we feel like uh, we're struggling to keep control of our work or there's things going on in our personal lives that are getting us down. We don't need to, you don't need to have a mental illness for that to happen. It can happen. So if it's happening, what can you do to help yourself out? I think that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like from your perspective, mindfulness is high up on that list. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about what mindfulness is and and why you started going into mindfulness training? Sure. Uh, so mindfulness is looking at your environment and looking at yourself to see what are you doing to ensure that your work and your home life are creating an environment that's supportive of your mental health? And also, what are you doing in terms of exercises to look after your mental health? Um, the beauty of mindfulness and why I got attracted to it so much was that it's something that's free. You don't need to pay for equipment. You don't need to pay to purchase you know, a, a, a long, extensive course on what you can do with this. Um, the majority of what you need to excel with mindfulness can be found either in yourself or with a quick YouTube video. <laughs> like everything is there that you need to excel with this. So mindfulness, if you're looking at the environment piece, is based around like looking at triggers that can make you start to feel, say, stressed or feel anxious about a scenario or feel really bogged down and having a lack of energy about yourself. And by looking to see what you can do to change those situations up or to change those circumstances. Um, examples can be if you know that uh, there's a particular meeting that when you go to always seems to get you a bit stressed going into it. By acknowledging that you're going, all right, I know that meeting is going to be stressful. So what can I do right now to help reduce that anxiety or help not make that meeting be such a stressful thing on my day to day? Because if I'm stressed about it, it's going to impact everything else outside of that meeting as well. And for yourself and for your own exercises that you can do, the majority of them are all based around breathing exercises or using uh, things to try to center your mind or to make yourself become calm and to uh, help rationalize your thoughts and to help you with prioritization. Um, outside of breathing exercises, we do things like journaling or the best medicine that exists at all for this a 15 minute walk of just going out the front door and going, go for a walk somewhere just to clear my head to put on a podcast or whatever it may be. And that's what mindfulness is. And because it's something that any one of us can do, that's what makes it so impactful and so important to do. And that's why I became so invested in it. I think that's really interesting because you get this view of mindfulness as uh, being very zen and meditating and the idea of bringing walking into it and things like that I guess probably makes it a lot more approachable to people do you feel that when you first start talking about mindfulness to groups that there's some hesitance would you believe the first time I talked about mindfulness I was asked if I was a Buddhist it's <laughs> <laughs> the very first thing that came up because that was the exact kind of perception there as soon as you hear mindfulness you think 
of a Buddhist meditating and going into a week of complete silence. And that's what you have. And I go, hey, just some great ideas there, but that's 100% not exactly what this is. Uh, it's why sometimes when we talk about breathing exercises, we call them breathing exercises, but they actually are meditation. But meditation comes with, you know, this image with it and people go, oh, if I'm meditating, it's because I'm trying to achieve Zen or it's something hippy-dippy that goes with it. When in actual fact, a breathing exercise has a lot of science behind it that backs up why it can impact your your life or impact you in a positive way and impact your health. So that's always the barrier. But once we get past that, people go, hey, you know what? There's a lot to this and anyone can do it. You don't need to be uh, have gone find yourself in Tibet for a gap year in order to be able to do it. So other than are you a Buddhist, do you find that you have um, frequent questions that crop up most of the time when you're doing these training sessions? Yeah, um, the biggest thing I get asked is definitely on that whole part of when's the time to identify that this is mental health versus am I starting to show the signs of a mental illness? And when it should it be that I should get help? And my answer to that piece is very simple. I always go back to a physical health analogy. And I always go, you know, when your body is, you know, needs a bit of rest and relaxation, but you're also looking for those warning signs of maybe it's time I went to a GP. Like, is there something that's just not going away? Like if you're saying, okay, I'm feeling a bit stressed and I'm starting to bring some things in to help me with that then you might not necessarily be in the case of saying that there's a mental illness or something more serious going on. But if you're implementing these things and you find that, you know what, I am still quite anxious or I'm still struggling with trying to get control of these things, then that's the, you need help. So it's time to go talk to a professional. So set up time with your GP, um, use the countless numbers of free hotlines or free services or charities that exist out there to help you with getting connected with the right person as well i think it's an important question that comes up all the time and it's one that is crucial to bring up even if someone doesn't ask the question that is an important question it can be really hard i mean even for physical health it can be really hard to know when to go to the doctor but i think that you're right generally people have an idea that this is something more than what they can handle on their own and then that's that's when to go and see somebody professionally about it and I think the thing with that as well is like, it's okay to go seek help. Like you're, we often have this, the stigma that goes with that seems to be that if I go seek help, then I'm, people are going to look at me differently or I'm going to be judged differently or I've, I failed at something um, because of this. When the opposite is actually what's here, the strongest thing and the most powerful thing you can do in those instances is say you need help or to go talk to someone about it and you'll actually find that as soon as you do that the amount of relief that comes with that or just the weight that comes off your shoulders being able to talk to someone about this is immense and i've often had cases where i would do a training or do a talk and then suddenly i get a message on linkedin like a month later or two or three weeks later with someone saying hey i went to the talk and i actually did go talk to someone and even just having that talk has made me feel so much better so making that first step is so, so crucial. That's why I always say to folks, like, go talk to someone. That's definitely the most important thing you can do. Let's talk a little bit about that stigma part, because 
that obviously working with mind is something that is at the forefront of our conversations here at Clients First. And we've been talking a lot about the stigma around mental health in the workplace. Um, this year has been very, very difficult for people. And it's especially been something in conversations around businesses. I've seen, you know, posts on LinkedIn. This is probably not the only podcast I've been a part of that's around mental health. But where do you think is the starting point for removing the stigma around mental health conversations in the workplace? I think it starts by all of us saying that it's all our responsibility. It's not a people ops or HR area. It's not a managerial area. It's all of us. Um, we all have mental health, so we all need to make sure that we're creating a culture of belonging and inclusivity and support so that folks feel like that they have the support to be able to go, I'm not okay. Uh, I need some time to deal with this. Or can you point me in the direction of something? By acknowledging that and saying that we're committed to creating that environment, that's the biggest hurdle. Because what that then does is it will start naturally normalizing the conversation around mental health. And a lot of the times with stigma, I've seen a lot of numbers and have seen a lot of talks where people are asked about, like, do you think there's a stigma around mental health? And they'll say, yes, there's a stigma in the workplace. And that's what stops me from talking about it. But when you ask the exact same team, would you want to support someone who was going through something? It's a 100% yes, of course, I'd want to support someone. And yes, I would understand it. So the same people who would say that um, I don't want to speak up because people will judge me differently. Everyone around them would say, but I want to support that person. And you have to also respect as well that even though that's the case, it can be tough to open up. And it can be quite a lot to muster up the energy to go, I'm not doing well. So respecting that as well is a really, really important piece of removing that stigma. And you don't want to force someone to just go, go on, tell me what's going on. What's going on in your mind? You're clearly down. Like you want to be able to just go, if something is bothering you, I'm here for you. When you want to speak up, that's absolutely fine. But I'm here if things are, if you do want to talk. And that's a massive step with it. Um, once the the conversation starts with that way, that's when you start removing the stigma. But I also think that leaders have a special bit of privilege that they can bring in with this. Um, sometimes we look at leaders like managers or team leads as being the ones who, when the ship is rocking, they're the one that stand tall. Like they're the ones that are still focused on what the North Star is going to be. So by having your leaders or your team leads or whoever it may be, have those moments to say, hey, you know what? I was actually really stressed about this myself. Or I'm taking some time away, like I'm taking a day off just for my mental health. That sends a message to the rest of your team also makes them go, hey, then I can do the exact same thing. Um, we actually in HubSpot, we've started, particularly my own team, really focusing on that or saying like, I'm taking a mental health day where I'm just taking a day off to rest my mind. Like it was a stressful quarter. Um, you know, had to work really, really hard on a project. I would just want to have a bit of time to rest my mind. And that's been a huge piece of removing the stigma also. So for those 
employees who are struggling and do want to have those conversations. Do you have any tips or advice for them to begin having those conversations in an environment where they're not sure if they have the support, that they're the ones who are taking the first step? I will say it's a very scary place to be in with that. And I've been there myself where I worked in an office that didn't have anything in its training or its employee handbooks around mental health or what support networks are there. So for you to make that first step, take your time with it. Like, don't feel like you have to, you have to be the one that's like, I'm going to lead the charge with this. The point of being able to speak about this is to make yourself feel comfortable and not to put additional stress onto yourself. So when you do say, I'm going to talk about this or ask about what are we doing about this? Maybe it's a case that you bring up to your own manager and you don't need to make it about you. Just say, hey, I've been thinking a lot about mental health. I've been thinking a lot about the culture that I've seen in other teams around mental health. And it's led to some interesting conversations. Do you think this is something that we can facilitate on our team now that we're going to make a priority or we're going to start presenting a document to showcase the support that's here or what is it we can do? By doing that, you're not putting yourself at the perceived risk of your manager going, oh, uh, what are they going through? Like, what's their issue or whatever your stigma that you feel could come with that? You're making it about the team. But you're benefiting yourself, obviously, with that because you're the one that's looking for help. You're one that is looking for that kind of support. And if you can see that, hey, you know what? They've taken this really well and it's something that they want to commit to. You might feel more comfortable than being able to go, great. I do want to talk about that then as well because I have been going through a bit of struggles right now or have been stressed out about this. And you can be more reassured that you're in a place where that's going to be received well. And that you started the conversation, but it's going in a good place. That is such a helpful and diplomatic way of bringing that conversation <laughs> up. Because it's uh, the whole thing, right? It's like you don't want to. It is always that thing. It's like, how is it going? To, how am I going to be perceived with this? Like, what's going to happen with myself? But you, it's still you can't turn around and go you, you do nothing either. Because if you're going through something, there's going to be other people who are also going through something as well. So by keeping that with the mindset of, I want to benefit the team, I want to benefit those around me, then you also get the benefit there as well. Uh, and it's also, like I say, it's a good temperature gauge. Like if that doesn't get received well, I would be saying, whoa, okay, is this somewhere that I, I do want to be a part of then? <laughs> it's like maybe it's time for me to look at something else as well or what can we do to change this? Yeah, that is... That is a worthwhile point. If you're in a situation where your mental health isn't being taken seriously, do you feel that that is enough of a reason to leave a company? So one of the trainings that I do for our new hires is on diversity, inclusion and belonging. And I go through the power of having an inclusive culture and what it can do on your team. And we found that the number is something along the lines of 75% of people would leave a job for somewhere that was more serious about the culture and well-being of its employees. So I honestly think that it is something that's on top of mind for the majority of us right now. And if a business isn't taking that seriously, it is their loss. Like they're going to miss out on top talent. 
And those numbers go even as far as senior management. Like we'd see that senior managers could have a company make them an offer to start the interview process or just to test the waters to see if they're interested in making the move. And if they saw that that employer was one that had a great culture around inclusivity, they'd move. That would be the reason they would move above salary, above other benefits, whatever it may be. It's that feeling that this is somewhere that cares about me as an employee. So, yeah, I guess it's a long winded of me being able to say both that if you're someone that's in that kind of environment that isn't supporting you with that. Life's too short, I would say. It, it could be time to start looking at somewhere else. And on the flip side, if you're a team lead, you're a manager, you're a CEO and you're listening to this and you haven't made it as a priority, I'd say make it a priority because that can be the decision between someone joining you or leaving you. Those are some impressive numbers. Um, for those teams that haven't already started making inclusivity a part of their culture, where can they start? Um, what I So I did a talk on this before about creating a culture inclusivity and the first slide i mentioned when we were asked this is where do you start i'd say culture is already there um culture starts as soon as a company starts um the difference is are you in control of the culture or not so if you're looking at your business and going i'm going to start looking at our culture it's there so start looking at your employees and go what are the core values that exist be it on my team or as a company as a whole, um, what did they hold themselves to? Um, my own, one of my own teams in HubSpot recently did this as an exercise where we kind of created our own kind of mini culture code. Like HubSpot has its own culture deck, but our team created our own one where we sat in a room for three hours and just went, right, what do we hold ourselves accountable to? What do we want other people to perceive us as being? But what do we also do as individuals on our team? What do we strive for? What support do we look for? And how do we pick ourselves up to make sure that we're all on the same page? And by creating that document, which ended up being about, only about four pages long, but it was enough there that made us go, this is how we support each other. And this is how we determine what the culture of our team is. So that would be my first place to start sit your team down and go, we're going to create our own culture deck and we're going to talk about what's important to us. Because like I say, it's there. So put pen to paper against it. That's really helpful. So I just have a couple of final questions that I want to pull things back to mindfulness. So we've talked about what listeners can do in their own time to be more mindful. Is there any way of supporting that in the workplace? The best mindfulness thing I've seen for my own self was, especially right now, and uh, so much happening in the world, and a lot of folks, even not being in the office right now and working remotely, there's a bit of a disconnect. And that can impact their mind and impact like their overall mental health as well. So what has seemed really important is making sure that you're dedicating time in your day for that downtime or for that um, clarity of saying, let's not talk about numbers right now let's just talk to each other as human beings so maybe putting time in your calendar every day to say this is going to be 15 minutes 20 minutes whatever it may be to have like all of us are just going to have an open zoom or webex or whatever it is you use and we're all just going to join that for 30 minutes and have a coffee 
um, and just talk about our day. And maybe that's your point where you start doing maybe some exercises as a team to try and encourage mindfulness or try to encourage healthy conversations. Uh, one exercise that I've seen work really well in team meetings, especially if you're trying to bring in the idea of mindfulness uh, to a team in the first place, is the exercise is all of us will go around and we will list one thing that's stressing us right now. And then one thing that we're really proud of this week for the stress thing, uh, it doesn't need to be anything like major. Like I don't, you don't have to have like, I really stressed about making my mortgage repayments this month. The stress could be something as simple as I went to make cereal this morning and I had no milk and I miss working in the office because I never had to worry about milk. Like, but now I do. <laughs> That's still a stress. That's absolutely fine. Like it would be that small. Um, and on the flip side, the thing you're really proud of, it doesn't need to be life-changing either. It can literally be a, you know what? Um, the I needed to get a comfortable office chair and desk set up for home. And I got one set up. I got something in Ikea and I'm really proud that I built that. Like that's all you need. But when you do that exercise, you'll notice that Every time that someone brings up the stressful piece, the room is never silent. The room will always fill up with people going, oh my God, me too. Yeah, I also have gone through that. Or when it gets to something that maybe is a little bit more serious, like people will start sharing their own advice or their own experiences with it. And it helps normalize that conversation, but also brings up that level of, I can talk about these things because people will support me on it. And on the flip side, we never talk about like what we're proud of a lot. Like we always seem to focus on like, if I say, how was your day? The immediate thing is either the weather or, oh, this thing has been going on. I've been really stressed out. Like even before we started this podcast, I immediately went to talking about how I had a lot of calls today and my throat is really dry as a result. I didn't go into, you know, a positive thing immediately. But when we shared the positive things, everyone again joins in and celebrates with us and go, that's great. Oh, that's so cool. It's great to hear that. And that makes us feel good. So by taking the time to do that kind of exercise, we're facilitating really good mental health conversations and we're creating a really strong culture of both support and having cheerleaders on the team for what we're doing. That is great advice and something that's so easy to implement even now with the strange working from home situations that most of us are in still. And I, I really appreciate that you made that very relevant and very doable right now. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's just so easy to do. And again, that's the great thing about mindfulness. Like every everything that I advise people in my own trainings or my own talks, I never found myself having to give you a piece of advice that involves monetary investment or even a huge amount of your time. A lot of what you can do can be done in 10 minutes, but the impact of that is huge. So that's why mindfulness essay is just such a good thing to have right now in our lives. Fantastic. Thanks for your time, Sean. It's been a pleasure. And I am sure that our listeners will be interested in trying some of this advice in their own teams and their own lives. If anyone is interested in supporting mental health directly, we at Clients First are currently fundraising in aid of mind, the mental health charity. You can donate by going to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash clients first 2020.